This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I am Frank Morano. I am uh, very, very pleased uh, to be joined by someone that uh, a lot of folks believe has the best voice in all of radio, uh, but I am uh, pleased to be joined again by him in studio, not because of uh, how melodious his voice sounds, but because of the substance of what he has to say, because he is on a mission to teach a bunch of skills that are becoming more needed than ever. They've always been needed, and they're in short supply. Uh, Very, very pleased to welcome back Bob Wolf, a college and career skills readiness trainer with Hope Skills. Bob, it is great to see you again. It's wonderful to be back here, Frank, and um, thank you for that kind introduction. And yes, our young people need to learn to do what we're doing right now. And you are where we are joined as well by Mark Erlenwein, who is the principal of a high school that objectively is probably one of the best high schools in the entire country, Staten Island Tech, and uh, he also happens to have been New York's 2022 Principal of the Year. Uh, Mark, congratulations on that. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much, Frank. Uh, good morning, and thank you for having Bob and I. It's such a pleasure to to be here and finally meet you in person. No, well, it's uh, the pleasure is uh, is all mine. Hey, how does someone uh, get to be the principal of the year? What did you do at uh, Staten Island Tech that's so great? <laughs> well, um, it's been a lifelong journey. Been 25 years at Staten Island Tech, uh, but once upon a time I was a student there, uh, class of 1992. So as an alumnus and uh, having spent 25 years there, the past 10 as principal, uh, I think the most important job of a principal, two things. Um, if you don't tell your story, others will tell it for you. So the storyteller-in-chief is an important job in sharing our mission and what we do. Um, but the listener-in-chief is really the more important of those jobs. And I, I think uh, the collective result of this acknowledgement, this award, is a, is a, it's a byproduct of spending a lot of time listening to what our students, faculty, staff, um, our prospective students and the workforce are saying that our students need to, to really be ready for the life and the world ahead of them. When you say uh, the story that you tell is important, and if you don't tell it, someone else will, you mean the story that you tell to students, to faculty, to parents, to the, the outside world, to whom? Yeah, I, I think uh, part of the reason why we're here today is, is really what I'm referring to is those communication skills. Um, Schools uh, come under lots of criticism for different sorts of reasons all the time. Um, and as the principal, uh, who's really got the finger on the pulse of everything happening uh, in the world and how that impacts your school, uh, it's really important to set the tone and, and model for the students. Uh, similar to what you were talking with Mr. Burgess you know, mm-hmm. in the previous segment, uh, teaching students how to properly communicate and share different perspectives and stories um, that impact our school community and serving as that role model. Uh, it has to start somewhere. And how we do that effectively as adults and teach the kids is a part of that responsibility. Yeah, and, and for people the listening in from around the country, uh, people should understand Staten Island Tech really is the home of the uh, some of the best and the brightest. It really is viewed as one of the best schools in the whole country. I could not get into that uh, school. And you know what I took issue with as a middle schooler? You know, I did very well in sixth grade, very well in eighth grade. Seventh grade, I had a little bit of an off year. Uh, but I thought if I could take the the test in eighth grade that I could still get in. But my because I didn't have over uh, 90 average or something in seventh grade, I couldn't take the test in eighth grade. Now, I, I don't know if they've changed the criteria at all there, but I feel like I should have been able to take that test. <laughs> well, my whole uh, life could have been different. I, I could have had a reputable job. Somewhere. I think the fact that we're sitting here together right now, things turned out pretty well. I and guess be, so. being a lifelong Staten Islander uh, for most of my life, you know, remembering your early days on community access television, I said, at the end of the day, who you are and what, you know, your final goal and dream. Well, I appreciate that. Through, thank right? you. Uh, thank you. And, hey, by the way, what is the status of the specialized high schools these days? I know they've been – we've heard a lot about 
Bronx High School Science, yeah. Stuyvesant, and Brooklyn Tech, and possible changes coming to their admission test. Uh, I know you do things a little bit differently, but uh, the the issue of who gets into these specialized right. high schools has been very much hotly contested, debated, very controversial the last few years. What is the story now? Is just so, so informationally, so folks being understand. one of those eight specialized high schools, we all utilize the same admissions process, the same test. Um, what's going to remain the same for the time being is that exam, but what's going to ultimately change what, what, what's been spoken about and talked about is the opportunity to expand the number of specialized high schools to create more of them with a slightly different admissions policy that not necessarily governed by the specialized high school admissions test or a one test entry uh, admissions process. So I, I think that's promising, you know, with the, the new mayor, our new schools chancellor, um, who are really dedicated and committed to expanding programs. And I think that one of the things that Bob and I work so closely on this uh, exploration and expansion of uh, work-based learning and internships. I think that we have the most internships in New York city department of education this summer wow. being offered to students. And like these critical, the, the skills we're going to talk about today, HICA skills, human interaction, knowledge applied, soft skills, people skills, all that, all those things are so important and making these types of programs Absolutely. successful. Uh, that's Mark Erlenwein. He is the uh, the principal of the year, and uh, he's at Staten Island Tech. Uh, we're joined as well by uh, Bob Wolf. Bob, it's been a while since I had you in studio. Mark alluded to these HICA skills. Uh, remind folks who are hearing you for the first time or may not remember our previous conversations, remind us what it is you actually do, and tell us what HICA skills are. Well, what I do is... Um explain the five basic skills that we all use every single day of our life to students in high school, college, middle school, and now all of a sudden elementary school. The skills that we are getting to use when we make a first impression, when we uh, have interpersonal skills with people, interact with them, when we communicate in the multiple ways we do that, when we present something to someone, and when we sell. The purpose of what I do is to take five skills and make the students and the parents understand that they are the number one set of skills we all use every single day of our life, and we don't teach them in most schools. And HICA skills came about because I was using the term hope skills for a long time, but hope, the word, just continues to appear all over the place. And I finally said, let me be more specific. Let me use my acronym KISS. Keep it simple and specific, Bob. And what are these skills really? Well, they're human interaction and knowledge applied. We talk about information access through the Internet, but information and knowledge are two different things. Knowledge is when you take information and you apply it. You use it in your experiences with other people and through other people. So the HICA skill concept was an interesting, simple acronym to have people to let people remember. Who is this guy, Bob Wolf? And what are these skills? Well, first of all, They're the number one skill to deal with the number one resource in life that we all have, which is people. The number one resource in life is people. This is what I'm explaining to these kids today, students, graduates, et cetera. We have five, we all have five resources in life, academics and school, technology, experience. We have uh, the opportunity of uh, writing skills, but the most important resource of all is other people. I'm sitting here because we knew someone, you and I, who introduced us, and you cannot be successful in life without other people helping you and walking you through and navigate your career path, whatever it may be. And I loved when Mark was talking with you about you couldn't get into the school and look what happened to your life now. Um, If we took the number of people that we all know and put them on a piece of paper who have helped us in our life, Mm. it would be a fascinating study, which is what I do with college students now. You know, it's funny. You're so right. And I was recently on a um, on a panel of other talk show hosts offering uh, career guidance to would be talk show hosts. And that was one of the things that I stressed. And I pointed to my own example of uh, of forging a relationship with uh, with John Katsimatidis. And had I not done that, you know, as good as I may be on the radio or not good as I might be on the radio, I wouldn't be here. But for, um, you know, building these relationships, not only with John, but with uh, with uh, a whole a bunch of folks. Now, so beyond the acronym, when we talk about HICA skills, is it just is it broadly could it broadly be defined as the manner in which 
people deal with other people? It's a very simple. They used to be called people skills, which when I grew up, that's what they were called. But no one, what, no one knew what they meant. No one could define them. And, the, and then they became known, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago, soft skills, which drove me up a wall. Uh, something that's soft is not considered to be too intensely helpful in your life. It's not powerful. It's not strong. It doesn't lend a foundation. So I didn't like the term soft skills, but they're still being used today. And so for me, I call them hope skills, and the acronym was Help Other People Excel. My, my passion for 22 years is helping kids understand that the more people they know, the more people that are willing to help them in some way, the more people they meet and earn support from, the more effective they will be navigating their career path because they also do not know what a career path is. Mark, when we talk about uh, people skills, what, or hope skills, soft skills, however people want to use different terminology to define these same HICA skills, um, why is that so important? A lot of folks are going to be listening. Uh, they know you're the principal of one of the foremost engineering uh, schools in the world where they teach uh, science and math and Russian and Chinese and all sorts of things that are important for high schoolers to know as they go into college and are trying to be competitive on the world stage. Why is it important to know how to talk to folks? Why is that so important? So as I was alluding to before, being the listener-in-chief and taking really note, close note of our students coming into the building and our workforce partners telling us uh, and colleges, you know, what exactly do uh, students need to be successful in college and career? And the, the one thing that continually and consistently comes up is people skills. So when Bob and I met back in 2015, because uh, I was on this journey and this mission of figuring this out and figuring out how to operationalize uh, and the mechanics behind teaching these skills in schools. Because coming out of the pandemic, um, we hear the term social-emotional learning, SEL, um, that acronym quite often. And it's something we're all, you know, schools are doing quite well with. But I think the thing that's overlooked the most is the S in SEL, mm. social. Um, the social skills, uh, I think sometimes we like to think we're teaching them uh, effectively or purposely or with intent, but they're byproducts of the process of teaching. So working with Bob and uh, hiring this wonderful teacher at Staten Island Tech and alumnus. Her name's Jennifer Fitzpatrick. She's our work-based learning coordinator. Her, her job used to be um, developing people, human relations and HR, in developing people's people skills, interpersonal skills. So the idea of taking Bob's HICA skills and uh, this uh, Oracy curriculum in, in England and combine Oracy? that Oracy, so <laughs> um, the ability to speak effectively, in England, they actually have schools that just focus on this from K through 12. So taking those two ideas, bringing them together, we created a course called Introduction to Talknology and Career Development that every ninth grader has to take at Staten Island Tech. And uh, it's taught by Ms. Fitzpatrick, who's the work-based learning coordinator. So after a, a year taking this course, learning about interpersonal skills, first impression, presentation skills, uh, selling skills, um, building your own brand, and uh, going back to the earlier segment, like, how do you carry yourself on social media? These things aren't being taught. Right. Like when we were growing up, you know, our, our families, we intrinsically took away from our families that experience of communicating effectively. Um, how do you make eye contact, shaking a hand? So we're actually teaching that in high school as a necessity, you know, starting in the ninth grade. And, and the wonderful kind of capstone of that all is at the end of the ninth grade, all these students, after learning these skills, get the opportunity to sign up for a, a paid internship and uh, in an area uh, of expertise maybe they're thinking about, a career that they want to try out while they're in high school, or maybe just work on a specific skill, like just getting better at communicating with people. So um, I think that's become the, the, larger, the large oversight SEL, this focus on SEL is just those specific social skills. Uh, people just tuning in, we're talking with Bob Wolf and uh, Mark Erlenwein. So, Mark, when you first hooked up with Bob back in 2005, were you aware that your students and the students you were working with were lacking in these skills and you were sort of, Bob emerged as you were searching for a solution in how to address these deficiencies? Yeah, leading a group of other principals on Staten Island who, um, we have, some of our schools have 
things called CTE programs, career and technical education programs, you know, formerly known as vocational programs. But they've morphed more into um, you know, a co-curricular, co-academic uh, kind of package of experiences for students that certify students. Uh, like McKee High School, for example, has an automotive program. So you can walk away with a technical certificate in, automot- um, in automotive. Staten Island Tech has a pre-engineering uh, certificate that you earn in addition to graduating mm-hmm. high school. So these types of programs, when we came together, uh, we uh, created something at Staten Island Tech called CareerCon. And it was an all-inclusive event for all high school students on Staten Island. And Bob was the plenary speaker uh, talking about then hope skills. Uh, we wanted to use that as a starting point for the students who were joining us that day before they went throughout the building. We had the whole entire building filled with professionals from all walks of life. But we wanted to give students the frame of reference of why these HICA skills are so important. That's great. And then then survey the building and learn more about these careers. All right. We're going to uh, invite you to uh, ask a question or to call in to Bob Wolf or Mark Erlenwein. If you have questions about HICA skills and how they can be better utilized by both adults and children, uh, now's the time. These are the folks to ask. 800-848-9222. We're going to get into where we're headed as a society If uh, the place that we're now seeing on a social interactive front is two people interacting with one another while they keep staring at their mobile phone at all times, what does that mean for the future of human interaction? And if that's kind of the culture that you've coming that you're coming from academically, what does that mean for your uh, likely workplace life? 800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. That's Duran Duran singing Hungry Like the Wolf. We have the wolf himself in studio, Bob Wolf. He is a college and career skills readiness trainer. He goes all over the place teaching students and, in many cases, adults, the skills that are necessary to survive in the workplace and in society. And uh, it's not something that you can really measure on a standardized test, but in some ways it's even more uh, important than the skills that you can learn on a standardized test. I remember years ago I was listening to uh, Rush Limbaugh, who whatever people may think about his politics, was a an incredibly skilled uh, communicator and talk show host. And he, um, one particular day, this is over 20 years ago, is offering advice to a caller who wanted to pursue a career in talk radio. And I wanted to pursue a career in talk radio, so I feverishly wrote down every single uh, action item that Rush gave to this caller. And I, uh, I still have that piece of paper, and I look at it just about every day. And the second piece of advice that Rush gave to this caller was learn how to read, write, and speak the English language to the best of your ability, because whether it's true or not, you convey to people the impression that you're much more intelligent than you're than you actually are. Uh, Bob, that would have fit in pretty well, I think, with your whole mantra, right? Uh, it, it, it did, Frank. And what's very rewarding, considering we are seeing difficulties today with technology overpowering some of these basic five skills is the feedback that comes from the students and the teachers and the parents. And they're all saying, we desperately need our kids to learn how to speak properly. We need them to understand the importance of networking. What is it? So I've learned also, in addition to teaching the five skills, I have to define the terminology that I'm using. Mm. Um, We talked about a career path. I've had 13 jobs in my career. And one student said to me in the eighth grade years ago, Bob, you think you're successful with 13 jobs? And I said, absolutely. And I went and shook his hand. And he said, why? I said, because each one of those jobs taught me something about myself, taught me about the things I did well, what I didn't do well, 
what I wanted to wear, what I didn't want to wear. So these kids today are coming out of school unprepared for the workplace, unprepared for the workplace because they don't know that they're going to have 12 to 15 jobs according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's not me. And when they hear that, they go, wow, one student last week from EOC where I work now in Nassau County asked the question after I spoke to the high school group. He said to me, after I told him about all my jobs and the problems and being fired and my partner dying the next day after we started a business, he said, Bob, how did you survive all of those things in your life and still consider yourself a success? And I said to him, what a great question. I said, because I knew from the very first job I had as a busboy that if I did a good job, people would appreciate that. And what I will tell these kids, and I think I would tell on a parent, because parents can be an issue as well, I'd say people see things in you that you don't see in yourself. They recognize your capability. You don't know how good. We have problems today with these kids not feeling good about themselves. Their self-esteem, their self-confidence is terribly messed up with some of the social media that we deal with right now. So the reality is I define terms that they don't know. And you're, you're using the word career. They don't know what it means. The definition of a career is one's progress through life or in a particular vocation. And then they say, well, what's a vocation? And I'm going, wow. So I'm really trying to come with it with a basic primer dictionary of not only what the skills are, and there's five ways you communicate, there's five ways you make a first impression. It's not one thing. Mm. And they're looking at me with this look on their face, and they're saying, really? All of that? And I'm pleased with the written feedback. My phenomenological data feedback for 21 years is getting written feedback comment forms from kids and teachers and parents, and um, they're all saying the same thing. Why am I not learning this earlier? Uh, by the way, if people do want to get in touch with you or learn more about some of the uh, skills that we're talking about or the services that you offer, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you? They can go to my website, hopeskills.com, and see who I am and what I do and see each of the skills, or they can pick up the telephone and give me a buzz at 516-639-5515, or they'll see me on Twitter once in a while. I find that I do a little less on social media today because I'd much rather be in front of a group mm-hmm. of kids or adults and parents who need to understand how valuable what I'm doing is. HopeSkills.com if you want to get a hold of Bob. 800-848-9222 if you want to talk to us this hour. That's 1-800-848-9222. One of my uh, favorite actors and probably one of my favorite people in general is uh, Alan Alda. He's done so many uh, great things that I have enjoyed as an actor, as a podcaster, and just as a, as a personality. One of the things that he's doing now, which I really get a kick out of, is he is uh, teaching a series of courses. He has a whole program at both Stony Brook University and the University of Chicago, maybe other places as well, where he's teaching scientists how to communicate better because scientists know a lot about science, but they may not know how to uh, talk to a member of Congress that they need to fund their research or a grant writer or something else. This is uh, Alan Alda on uh, MSNBC's Morning Joe a couple of years ago talking about a kind, the kind of work they're doing at schools like Stony Brook and the University of Chicago. And I've heard, I've heard from several members of Congress that they cannot understand scientists when they come to present their work to them and look, and look for funding. Why would you give money to somebody whose work you don't understand? Doesn't make sense. So, so what do you? What so do you what, do we, what we what we do? We don't only work on them. We don't. We in, in, improvisation is an innovative way to help them relate to the people they're talking to, and so that gets a lot of attention because it's innovative. But we also teach writing and all forms of writing. As far as you're concerned, Mark, and Mark Erlenwein is here. He's the principal of uh, Staten Island Tech, a a school that has produced some of the finest uh, science and engineering students in literally the entire world. Uh, Have you found that a problem with your students is they know science and engineering and the material that they're learning very well from a textbook, but they're not able to convey those ideas to the people that they need to convey them to? Yeah, so having... Attended many of Alan Alda's uh, conferences with the World Science Festival. He's doing a lot of great work around that. I remember him talking about this exact challenge. Um, and this comes right back to directly serving the needs of the kids, right? 
um, we were noticing really prominently just in talking with our workforce partners, the, the businesses that our students were doing internships with, you know, what are the areas and the skills that these students are lacking that they need extra support with? And that coupled with, you know, long before we started doing the work-based learning um, opportunities for students, uh, just noticing that we have this incredible students graduating from our school. They're going on to college, then they're going into careers. And having a very strong connection with our alumni base and asking them, what do we do right? What could we do better? Um, what's next that we need to know about? Um, so many of them came back to us and said, like, I just can't land that first job. I can't, I just don't have um, acuity to sit there and interview and deliver the brilliance that they have and possess and their, you know, their natural gifts that they were born with and cultivated is having such a hard time uh, articulating that. So that's when we made that decision is like, we have to figure this out and hire somebody who knows how to do this and teach it as a course. Bob, uh, these HICA skills, people skills, uh, the skills that uh, can help you be better prepared to go on an interview or talk about the, you know, academic coursework that you're seasoned in. These are skills that in a lot of respects are lacking in many adults, aren't they? It's sad for me to say this. However, I will say it. The kids are a reflection of their parents today. And basically the ones that I'm talking with in high school and middle school, their mom and dad are screen driven. There's some interesting statistics. There was a survey done in 2020 of 540 12 to 13-year-olds around the country and how much out-of-school time they are spending on a screen. And it was 7.4 hours a day looking at a screen. They took that same group and compared them in 2017, and they found 3.8 hours a day. So in three years, they have doubled the amount of screen time, meaning phones and tablets and computers, Mm. but primarily phones. And their parents are doing the same thing. And there's a terrible article in a a paper, Newsday, four weeks ago about suicides. And there was a father whose son was a terrific athlete and uh, had some difficulties with some bullying and some problem with kids in school and took to playing computer games in the basement. And the dad made a comment in the paper that just stuck with me. He said, we all use technology to parent sometimes. So one of the problems that I have is getting the parents to understand how important modeling the skills are. And Mark has used that term, and I've learned about it from dealing with schools. Uh, it's, it's fine to talk about it, but Mark just used the term interviewing. First of all, we're interviewing every day. And the opportunity to meet someone who can help hinder or hurt you is one of my theories. You never know who they are. And I met Mark because one of the other principals on Staten Island had me in to speak to her cabinet. And after I was done there, Mark had sent one of his APs, uh, assistant principals, over. He went back to see Mark and said, Mark, uh, we better talk to this guy. So the other thing that really got me excited, and Mark can expand a little bit, MIT back in 2013 or thereabouts offered a course to all incoming freshmen, mandatory, called Social Graces Charm School. And the, and the purpose was to teach four specific skills because their kids couldn't have, they're brilliant, they're brilliant academic students, couldn't have conversations at cocktail parties. But for me, what they made, they made me smile in my, in my home. The skills were make a, make a positive first impression, have strong interpersonal skills, be a great communicator, and know how to present yourself. And the only skill they left out of my five was the word selling skills. And for some reason, we have a, an, uh, we have a difficult time in education looking at the word selling as a career profession. I've said to professors in, in colleges, you've got some great selling skills. Oh, no, no I'm, I'm not a salesman. And I'm thinking, we're all salespeople. Mm. So when I ask kids that, these little 12 to 15-year-olds yesterday, I said, when you're selling, what are you selling most of all? And one kid said, myself. So the kids understand it. But we don't teach the school the, the, the skills that I do. And I'm told this 
for 21 years. So, How do you think society, e- either of you who cares to hazard a, a guess to this, how do you think society got to a place where these skills, which are used so much more often than, say, uh, trigonometry and calculus, they have been the first ones that get ignored and deprioritized in training uh, in the next generation of young adults? Mark, why don't you take that first, please? Yeah, I think you know, working at Staten Island Technical High School for all these years and me personally, I consider myself a sort of technologist and always bringing the next cutting-edge technology to our building and our students, especially industry-based tools. Like we have a TV studio a production center where we're using you know, the latest, the greatest, the most current tools that kids would need for those who want to go into that industry. But I think technology has evolved so quickly. And uh, we've adopted, like I look, I look at the phone, I look at the tablets, and um, Staten Island Tech went one-to-one 10 years ago when I became principal. And uh, that was a challenge. What, to, what does that mean? So, I'm sorry. So one-to-one, so we brought I, we bought students iPads. Uh-huh. So one grade level at a time, we gave them a one-to-one device. And I think uh, you think about the timing on that 10 years ago. You know, the iPad is still a right. new animal in the wild, right? And we're handing these out to students. And I don't think anyone could ever really identify or realize um, what that was going to morph into, what that was going to turn into. And uh, the infusion of this technology in our students and children's everyday life, you know, right, down, right down to a two-year-old who could use a cell phone better than some of the 40- and 50-year-olds. Um, it, it's really isolated students from this beautiful thing when people come together in person and you get to kind of read each other's body language. You know, the whole 4D experience of socialization was diminished. And, like, I think uh, the, the perfect uh, personification of this, of this problem, uh, came out of COVID. You know, just, the, you know, the sheer, the only option of remote learning extenuated now the biggest problem that we have with our children and even the adults. Um, so the more reliant we've become on technology, the less reliant we've you know, there's high tech, low tech, uh, and no tech skills. So those, no, those non technology analog skills, just basic you know, people skills, it, it's not as sexy as you know the latest Venice screen with the fastest processor, um, and that, that ability, that illusion to stay connected, and we're further apart than ever. I work with uh, several colleges, and the young man who's in charge of the media department at one of the colleges said to me. When he was hired to do the media productions, he was told to make 10 to 12-minute segments to put out there about the promotion of the college and what it offered. Now, he, they wanted to do a minute to a minute and a half segment. <laughs> he said the students' attention span has diminished to the point where they have no attention span anymore. And when we go back to the issue of solving problems in this world, um, it comes down to how well do you know the person you're trying to solve the problem with? And frankly, I know the people very well, like Mark Erlenwein and others that I've known for 15, 20 years because I've spent a great deal of time reading their body language, finding out whether they do the five words that matter the most in life, follow up and keep your word. So technology doesn't allow some of that. What they wait for in technology is the next click and the next like. That's the instantaneous gratification Mm. that technology brings, which in many ways is wonderful. It got me here tonight. When she talked me through the traffic problems and we're avoiding the construction, that's wonderful. So technology by itself is a wonderful tool. But as someone once said, it's not the technology that's the problem. It's how we're using it. So all I'm looking for is a balance. I love technology. But when I'm told that we can't test for technology, we can't, Bob, I'm told we're not going to be interested in bringing you in because we can't quantify it. How can we test for what you do? And my answer is, you wait till the kids graduate and they can't get jobs. You wait for finding out that their self-confidence and self-esteem cause mm. is gone because they can't relate to people. They can't solve problems one-on-one. They pick up a phone and they type something into it. Well, I do that too. But I'm very, very good at developing a relationship that I know and you know and Mark knows takes time to earn. 
Absolutely. Uh, we're going to continue in just a moment with Bob Wolf and Mark Erlenwein. 800-848-9222 if you have questions. We have eight open lines. They're all yours. 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Frank Moreno, uh, talking about Bob Wolf and uh, his mission to impart social skills that are all too lacking in society today to students and young adults. Um, he's joined in studio by Mark Erlenwein, the principal of one of the best schools in America and uh, the New York State 2022 Principal of the year, uh, before we uh, took a break, we were talking about the pandemic and how remote learning has hindered a lot of areas of development, including human interaction. How bad did uh, how badly did the pandemic hurt the kind of areas we're talking about? Just seeing how uh, responsive and thirsty our students were for that interaction and attention uh, once they returned last September, it was evident, and it was evident. You know, it's funny. I think about uh, when I first became principal. I took note of how trying to make eye contact with students, they wouldn't make eye contact with you. They're always looking down. So um, I bought these projectors, uh, mounted them on the ceiling, and aimed messages onto the floor, like for <laughs> upcoming events, because that's where the students were looking. And uh, over the past ten years, I've moved away further from that because now that we've started sure. teaching these skills. Uh, where we're encouraging students to make eye contact, um, get off the phone, take your ear pods off, have a conversation with your neighbor in the hallway on your way to class. Um, that is something that was largely missed. And I, I, it, the, the damage that was done through the isolation of the pandemic, just purely evident by seeing how thirsty the kids were for that, just that human interaction, that attention, um, we're lucky in that we were able to, because we've always been heavy on technology, that this seamless transition into remote learning, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was effortless, but it was very successful. Uh, but it still was that not having that human contact and staring at a screen full of just avatars or you know, empty, you know, empty spaces uh, was not conducive to what is Intended by schools. Uh, Bob Wolf, and again, you can check out Bob's website at hopeskills.com. You can give us a call, 800-848-9222. I'm sure everybody, whether you're 7 or 70, can improve their use of HICA skills. But in terms of the most important age to learn the mastery of, of these skills, if you can ever master it, what is it? Oh, is it eight? Is it eighteen? Is it twenty-eight? Is it eighty? W- what, what is the most important age? Great question. When I started this program, it was go to colleges first because they were the first. They, they were the closest to the employment world. Graduate from college, get a job, interview. Then someone said to me, "Bob, you need to take them to high school." Then it transition. You need to take them to middle school. Then I went to ed camps, and they said, "Bob, what about elementary school?" And I said, "Wait a minute. Let's look at a skill first. So I now ask the kids, anybody here an athlete, play baseball, basketball, soccer, take a drama class, or uh, singing, dancing? They all raise their hands. I said, those are all skills. When did you learn those skills to where you are today and becoming as good as you are today? 
Were you 15, 16 years old? No, no, we learned there were two or three. So I'm of the opinion, and I've talked to some people who are in education and who are family counselors, that a skill is learned by simply training and practice. Kids are born learners. And when parents and, and people give them a tablet at two versus talking to them and having a conversation, where do you think their interest is going to go? So the reality is I used to think hope skills in the beginning 22 years ago was best for college, but it has gone down now where I'm talking to kids that are six, seven, and eight years old. But more important than talking, I'm demonstrating. Powerful thing about what I'm doing, and Mark can do it, you can do it, Chris, who we just met, you can not only talk about them, you can demonstrate them. Because when I talk about powerful communication, what is the number one fear in this world? Uh, public speaking. Correct. So we have, we have classes today in high school that we call public speaking, and nobody takes it. Why? Because they're scared to death of it. So I talked to a teacher almost 15 years ago, and I said, change the name of the class. He said, well, from what to what? I said, call it talking and listening to others. I said, conversation 101. Make it something that they are understanding they're going to do every single day. So um, I'm, I'm bucking a trend in a certain respect because when things are situated with these skill sets, the earlier you learn any skill, it doesn't matter what it is, the better. You know that, and I know that. Your self-confidence and your self-esteem, how you feel about yourself and what you think you can do is predicated upon when you learn that skill. I learned to do this without knowing when I was a busboy and a waiter, talking to people, smiling at them, being pleasant, being personable, having a personality that they enjoyed having call on them. And someone said to me, you know, Bob, you have an interesting voice. It took me till I was in my mid-30s being fired from a job to take voiceover commercial acting lessons because people said, you're, you're crazy, and you complimented me, and I greatly appreciate it. But I tell every student sitting in front of me with a tablet, you have a wonderful voice. More important, it's yours. When you pick up the phone to use it and make a phone call, people will recognize you simply by the way you sound. What are some of the common mistakes in the area of HICA skills that you've noticed in adults? And what's a pro tip that you could offer to an adult in our audience about how they can improve a key aspect in their own life and their own behavior on a daily basis? Well, I like to believe that uh, do as I do, not do, not do as I say. So speak time with your kids is good. Uh, sit down at the dinner table. Have a conversation time. Make, put the phone away. No phones at the dinner table. Or on a Saturday afternoon from 2 to 3 in the afternoon. Or at the beach. No phones at the beach. What's amazing to me is how many parents, young parents especially, are using their tablets and their phones, and they're pushing their kids away when they're on the phone, in the car. I see it when I'm driving. So I was once told, um, I was asked a question by a parent uh, at a PTA meeting uh, because they couldn't get their daughter to make a phone call to the college to set up the interview application, the interview process. So there were five or six moms around, and... Um, they're all agreeing and, and, and empathizing with this poor woman. My daughter wants me to make the phone call. She says, I know what I'm talking about, but, Mom, I don't. And so the woman looked at me, and she said, Bob, come here for a minute. I said, yes. She said, what should I do? What would you do? I said, well, first of all, I don't parent other people's children. Second of all, I have two sons. If the one hadn't called Providence and the one hadn't called Holy Cross to set mm. up the interviews, I wouldn't have done it. And the answer I got back was, but what do I do? So it's a, I, I'm, I'm, I tread on thin ice when I try to – I don't tell parents how to raise their kids. Everyone is different. But their kids today, 92% of HR professionals today say college graduates are coming out of school without these so-called soft skills or my HICA skills. Mark, uh, any success stories that you could share with folks uh, based on – your experience at uh, Staten Island Tech and bringing Bob in to sort of train your students and how they can better utilize these skills in the world at large? Absolutely. Um, recently, we've compiled uh, the data on how successful our work-based learning internship program has been. And it was funny, there was a meeting, a citywide meeting with people from the, the mayor's office and such, 
and they were trying to get a sense of how schools were leveraging these uh, work-based learning opportunities. Mm. So there's funds um, through the uh, the Summer Youth Employment Program, Work, Learn, Grow. There's all these different ways in which a student can get paid for doing an internship type of experience. And um, they had a heat map that was showing, like, the number of of work-based learning opportunities. Like, our school on a typical summer will have anywhere between – 300 to 500 students, that's 40, 45% of our student population in paid internships um, every summer. And then during the school year, it's even more students. And uh, I'd rather much more see a student enroll in an internship at my school right now than an additional um, sure. advanced placement course, because I just think the uh, the benefit and the long-term impact is much more important and meaningful uh, doing the internship. But I uh, just... The, uh, the SAT for how successful this is, the test for how successful this is, is talking directly to the colleges and my workforce partners on how are students doing in, in these skills. Because you can't give a test to, to assess that. You can only speak to the people who are hiring and working with your students to get a sense. And um, remembering where we came from, like the impetus for a lot of this came from seeing our students struggle at the borough president's sure. office, you know, Jim Otto's office, trying to present an idea for uh, the Richmond town uh, restoration area, mm. like a potential children's play zone and to uh, our school and another school were presenting and just watching my, my students um, wrestle with a microphone on who's going to talk next. And it was just evident that, you know, we, we really ha- we couldn't take these for granted and think the kids are just learning it through absorption. You know, 800-848-9222. Al is in Manhattan. Hello there, Al. Good morning, Mr. Rano. Uh Two excellent guests, and I appreciate you have them uh, talking. And I want to say to Mr. Wolf, uh, uh, fantastic work you've done throughout these years. It's very noble what you're doing. Nobody's really doing it, and uh, you're helping these kids. They are the future, you know, whether we like it or not. Some of the ways they may act at times because, of, you know, just the way uh, the pressures they get. Can you imagine if they spent seven hours, just a fraction of that, on some of these skills or just any anything like that? And uh, the principal, uh, same thing. I think you're running an excellent program there, and I appreciate all your work. It's very noble, and uh, I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Al. Uh, nothing more. Uh, I have nothing more to add there. I think that's uh, pretty important. Bob, you were telling me off air that uh, these days you're uh, you're having some interesting experiences dealing with eight to twelve year olds. What is the experience? How is the experience different in trying to teach eight to twelve year olds this stuff versus trying to teach a seventeen year old? Uh, I have more fun with eight to twelve year olds. <laughs> um, when I walk into a classroom of 8- to 12-year-olds, or even sometimes younger, um, the first thing I do is I make a little funny movement, and I, at my age, I can still move a little bit, and they wonder what I'm doing, and they're laughing at me, and I get them laughing. And then I explain to them that I'm only here for one reason, to make your life better and to make you enjoy what you're doing better. So if you pay a little bit of attention, you will learn some things that I guarantee you will help you for the rest of your life. And then we start the handshaking, and I introduce myself to them. So their their eyes are opened. And some of the older ones in college and in high school and even graduate school, uh, they know it all. Well, we know how important that is, Bob. We, we know that. One student said to me, Bob, you keep talking about writing these handwritten thank you notes to people. Mark's got a story which he can tell you. But I tell them, if you liked it, if someone does you a favor, send them a thank you note. How, oh, I say to them, how do you send a thank you to somebody? Well, we send them an email or a text. And I said, that's wonderful. And I take my little handwritten thank you note out, and I say, why don't you write them a little thank you note? And one kid actually said to me, Bob, do you know it takes five days for the mail to bring that thank you note to someone, and my text gets there like that, and my email gets there in two seconds? I said, if they read it. I said, I'm talking about making your first impression. You make a first impression with somebody, and they like you, and you like them. You go home, you sit down, you handwrite something that says simply, thank you for your time or thank you for the interview. If you don't hire me, remember, I'm a backup. I don't mind taking a second shot if you can get to me. And mail it. I said, what happens to you in five days? Do you show up again? They said, what do you mean? I said, well, when something comes in the mail, you can't delete an email. 
Right. You can't delete a yeah, stamp, rather. Uh, right. You can, you can delete an email and a text, but you can't delete a stamp. Someone always opens that envelope, and they look at me. The sim- to me, I'm selling, Frank, and, and Mark knows, I'm selling and offering common sense. It's from a generational point of view, and I understand that. My generation is different. We need to blend what I'm talking about, and we need to blend it with technology and use them all. Because, again, when 92% of the professionals of HR say we're not hiring people because they don't have soft skills, that's more important than the 15% that have hard skills. I'm going, is somebody listening? And that gentleman just said it. It doesn't take much time for a young person like yesterday. I can watch their faces. And when I talk about why did I ask you to look them in the eye and why did I say smile, and I have acronyms for a million, smile means simply makes individuals less edgy. And they take me and they say, wow, that's interesting. I think if we make what we're teaching learnable in a way that's interesting and fun and applicable to their life today and tomorrow, and as I tell them forever, because I say I hope you become as old as I am for the rest of your life, and you go through the things that I've gone through and meet the wonderful people I've met. And then the question is, of course, my age, and I don't. <laughs> they look at me and they, they think I should be in a box. Uh, Mark, uh, first of all, if you had an anecdote about uh, thank you notes, please please share that. And then what are the sort of the cautionary tales? You mentioned the instance of um, your students not being able to uh, interact with policymakers effectively. But if people don't learn these skills, either as children or adults, what what are we doing to them in society? Yeah, um, the anecdote to Bob's point on the thank you notes, <clears throat> I vividly and fondly remember when we finished uh, a round of doing seminars with Bob in our school with our ninth, 10th, and 11th graders. And um, <clears throat> we had had, you know, he's, one of the things he focuses on, the importance of a thank you note and a handwritten thank you note, you know, like a bouquet of flowers arriving at someone's office when that shows up. And at our next faculty conference, you know, we, I always give an opportunity for faculty to share you know, what's new, what's going on. And all these stories started to emerge of, like, for some reason, all the faculty were getting these thank you notes, unsolicited thank you notes from the students. Um, so when you talk about, like, how do you measure success? How do you know you're making an impact with teaching these skills? So, so that was one of the points where um, in presenting this, convincing our faculty that this works is it important. That was an indicator. I love it. Um, <laughs> HopeSkills.com is the website. Bob Wolf is the man. Mark Erlenwine is the principal. Uh, Staten Island Tech is the school. Gentlemen, it's always a treat to see you both. Thank you. Thank you very much, Frank. Uh, Thank well, you, Frank. We'll continue in mere moments. In the words of the great Bob Grant, your influence counts, so use it.